212. Check, check. All right, all right. Woo! Hello, beloveds, and we are back. Once again, it is another Be Well, Beloved Wednesday. And I am your co-host and co-pilot, Sadan Long, checking in with you once again. Um, how you doing, country? Hey, what's up? It's another day's journey, and I'm glad. <laughs> Amen. In Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, for sure. Well, as you know, you know, we are, are still, you know, trying to do the best to be mentally, physically, and financially healthy. And this week on, you know, Be Well, Beloved, we are still talking about self-awareness. And I wanted to kind of stay here and sit here for a while because I feel like our people skills and our negative self-talk and the way that we view ourselves is what's keeping us from being financially successful because realistically if you are not in the right headspace in the employment world it's going to be very hard for you to get noticed it's going to be really hard for you to perform well it's going to be really hard for you to get promoted you know which means that you could spend year after year getting passed over and feeling worse about yourself because you got passed over and you know you getting passed over obviously keeps you from having the type of money to be able to take care of your family so that's number one. Number two, you know, the, the headspace you're in affects who you attract in regard to relationships. And not only does it affect who you attract, it definitely affects your ability to maintain and grow and improve and enhance and develop a healthy relationship. You know, and the same thing goes for your friendships. And if you can't make the money you want and you can't build connections with, with healthy people, you know, that create you know, some type of joy, peace, and certainty for you, you know, it's probably not going to be a good life. You know, mm -hmm. if, you, if you're at the house and, you know, nobody want to date you, nobody want to hang out with you, what type of existence is that? Well, are you not wanting to do those things? You know, what date, come out the house, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah. you know, if history says that I'm not being successful at it, then after a while I just stop doing it. You know, every time I go out, you know, they, you know, they don't never try to holler. Or every time I date somebody, it don't never work out. You know, and after a while, you know, you you afraid to be in a relationship because you keep getting left. You know, I mean, same thing on the job. If you're never getting promoted, how hard are you gonna work? And then when your work slips, and then when your <laughs> yeah, work you slips, now what? Yeah, you start cutting back more and more and more. Yeah, and then they start cutting you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you know, if you don't get your own headspace and get in the right headspace mentally, you know, it could affect you in so many different ways. Your health, your relationships, your finances. And the last thing I want to see, beloved, is you be in a space where you broke and lonely. You know, so that's where we're, we're really going to try to um, really focus today. You know, we're talking about um, just scanning for the negative, being in a negative headspace. And, you know, one thing that, that really sticks out to me, and I'm really a Dr. Joe Dispenza fan, and, you know, a book I read maybe probably about four years ago now, and it talked about people forming personalities of negativity. And what he said was and what really stood out to me and what i've been able to study and see over the last few years is that what starts out as a mood 
know, I'm in a bad mood. But if you stay in that bad mood long enough, you know, because you keep calling your cousin and you keep talking about it with the folks at work and you keep repeating it and putting it on repeat, eventually that becomes your personality. You know, I was in a bad mood on Monday, but I woke up on Tuesday still mad about it, still talking about it. So now I'm in a bad mood on Tuesday. And if you met me on Monday, by the third day, if I'm still talking about the same thing, then that's the perception you have of me. You know, so the question becomes for people at home is, is it something going on with you that you just haven't been able to get over to the point where you're thinking about it every day? You know, think about it, ask people, you know, like, man, what am I talking about over and over again? that's making people run away from me, you know, and don't be afraid to ask people because when you ask them, you're inviting them to say something, which is completely different than somebody just commenting randomly or saying something about you. So ask them, but don't take it personal, you know, because I mean, you know, country, how many people do you know that are still talking about stuff that somebody did to them 10 years ago? All the time, but a lot of them people I don't even talk to no more. You know, I give them about five or ten minutes of my time, and that's it. It's called boundaries. All right. So essentially, you know, when those people stop being around mm-hmm. you, <laughs> that's probably why. You know, you know, how many times have we gone to the wedding? You know, and you know, somebody's critiquing everything. Well, I don't know why they had these centerpieces, or that dress is too short, or. Why are they dancing like that? You know, now what's the likelihood of that person getting invited to the next event? Depending on the friends that they with, they invite them back because people cling to negativity. You know mm. what I'm saying? Your your brain is more um, prone to go towards the negative things. Even like if we look at law enforcement, they mm. teach them to scan out the bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that they could be safe and stuff like that, right? But if if the brain is is teaching us this, then that's why more people are prone to being negative. But it's jacked up because we we tend to be unconsciously aware that we're doing it. So even when you're just sitting there daydreaming and and you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. in your idle time, it's like, oh my god. Um, look at that spot on the wall or that picture crooked or my body hurt, you know, instead mm-hmm. of saying, I feel good today. Let me go out here and, you know, do something different. So being around your friends and coworkers and different things like that, and they are negative, it tends to just rub off on you no matter how you're trying to be positive so you really have to try to, to figure that part of life out because it's bad to walk in a room and for me I, I could talk about myself because if I see a picture that's crooked on the wall I'd be like oh my god let me fix that if I'm in a restaurant and it's crooked I'd be like oh my god what are they doing in here they can't fix the picture like or after a long conversation with somebody and you hang up it's just like dang you picking out all of the bad things that they just said instead of realizing that they got a promotion on the job. You heard everything, you know, that was bad before they got it instead of giving them kudos for actually getting a job. 
Absolutely. Because here's the thing with that, like you said. So now I call you to celebrate. I call, I come home with good news or I come home with just the need of somebody to, to, to listen to me. And within five minutes, the whole conversation has gone from a good vibe, uh, I'm in a great mood to now here you come with that bull. So now I feel like I can't even get nothing right. You know, so if I come home and I never feel like I can get anything right, if I come home and you always, you know, criticizing me and never giving me any credit for the things that I do do in a positive way, what's the likelihood of me doing them again? And that goes with parenting and relationships, you know, because nobody wants you always talking at them and talking down to them. And we women, we always talk about the male shutting down. This would make them shut down because you're doing everything that Sadan just said. You know, so, I mean, this week I want people to, to one, track what's coming out of their mouth. You know, like, what am I talking about? What am I saying? You know, and, and just start to try to be aware of it and catch yourself like, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. And try to correct it, you know, or at least be aware of it, even if you can't correct it, you know, but at least be aware of it so that you can then start to make the correction. Because if you're not even aware you're doing it, then you probably can't correct it because you don't even know what's happening. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you want to catch people you know, doing good things. You want to give people the benefit of the doubt for the things that they do in a positive light. Like, man, you know, I really appreciate, you know, you making the coffee this morning. Now, if you say that to the person, the person probably make the coffee the rest of the week. Why? Because you caught them doing something good, you know, and you complimented on them and you showed them a positive. As opposed to saying, my God, I mean, you know, you could have wiped off the counter. You know, it's like, man, I appreciate you making the coffee and you wipe off the counter. Well, and then, too, what about tone? Why does the tone have to be so forceful when speaking with someone? That brings out the negativity in a person as well. You ever approach somebody and your body language and your tone was off and then that made that person hurry up and jump in defense. And now it's an angry moment instead of being positive and people be like, well, that's just who I am. Well, it shouldn't be because well, you're rubbing people the wrong way. And that's not fair to the receiver. But here's the thing with that's just how I am. Number one, if you are saying that's how you are, and I'm just asking, you know, if somebody told you, yeah, I'm just a mean, evil, negative person, how likely are you to be with them on, in a long-term relationship? How likely are you to be with someone who makes you feel like you can't do anything right? You know, how likely are you to listen to, be guided by, feel protected by somebody who is constantly picking at you and and messing with your self-esteem? You know, so I say that to say, because again, I want you to be in happy relationships. I want you to have friendships. I want you to be on your job and people actually want to see and hear your point of view. Look, look, let's look at how how bad negative things are just in day-to-day stuff. So you're online and Mm -hmm. you're shopping. And if you are a review reader, right, you're going Mm -hmm. down this list of reviews 
and all of them are good, but you right. are the one that goes to the one star right. because you need to know what are And now it's like, I don't want it no more. Right. I'm not buying it. Because your mind was already wired to really not bad in the, in the beginning, right? But mm -hmm. now you found something negative to be able to steer your decision. So and, go ahead. But look at how that keeps you from being successful in life. You know, because the very thing that you might want to do that could work, now you're not going to do it. You're not going to get to see the benefit of it. It's like, okay, cool. I found one negative review. I found the one negative thing. That don't ever work. So now you don't put yourself out there. You know, if you get into this, this failure loop and this negativity loop or, you know, people just ain't, you know, you can't trust people. Now you you basically stuck in the house because you can't trust nobody. You know, you basically keep yourself. Well, I don't want to be bothered with nobody. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But you're keeping yourself from being promoted. And I'm, and again, I feel like anybody listening to this guy trying to do something for him. So if God is trying to do something for you and you are actively working against yourself, how is it going to happen? You don't need an op. You don't need an enemy. You're working against you. You know, you have this voice in you that is saying you meant to do something great. You got these witty ideas, but now because you're so consumed with what you didn't get, you can't even put yourself in a position to get what you're supposed to have. You know, I mean, a lot of people are dealing with resentment. You know, I feel like I did everything right and I didn't get what I wanted. It's unfair. So now because you, you're dealing with resentment and you're frustrated because, again, you aren't doing the things necessary to be where God wants you to be. So it's hard to be uncomfortable in a place that you don't belong. Mm -hmm. So now with that being said, you're frustrated, you're angry and you're taking it out on other people. You know, you're mad at other people because they won't show up for you. You know, I had an event and then nobody come, you know. But yeah, you had an event and nobody came because you done ran everybody off. You know, you don't have nobody to go to dinner with because you done ran everybody off. You know, they don't want to promote you on your job because you're the angry person that nobody wants to work with and nobody wants to partner with. Nobody wants to be on a project with. So even if God is trying to give you the thing that you want and are praying for and fasting for, if you're not pleasant, to be around, then how does he then bring the people around you that you need to achieve the thing that you're trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. yeah, because nothing happens in this world without relationship. You know, customer relationships, you know, partnerships in regard to you and other companies that are made up of people, <laughs> you know, friendships that people can then call somebody and, and recommend you, refer you, demand that they work with you. All of those things are about people skills. And if you're constantly being the person that nobody wants to be around, who's going to then put you in a position to refer you to somebody else? 
Because now that person's like, yeah, man, that person you referred me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, they're a handful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I like I like they work, but ooh, man. Ooh, well, they- and not only that, right? So let's take that part of it. And right. say you worked a job mm-hmm. and you got fired. You worked a job and you got fired. You worked a job and you got fired. And every time you got fired, it's like, man, them people crazy. You know, I go to work every day, but you call off three out of the five days they put you on schedule. Or you was late, you know, every time. And you had a horrible attitude about it. But now you on your 12th job and you just 22 years old. And it's always the employer's fault. That Mm -hmm. started with you. Absolutely. I'll give you an example. Um, been fired three times. Three? No, twice. So in the times that I was fired, I didn't really have good release, good relationships with the people that I reported to. Um, we didn't talk a lot. Um, we didn't, I didn't know them very well. They didn't know me very well. So with that being said, you know, when it was time to get rid of somebody, you know, I was one of the ones they got rid of. Now, after that happened to me twice, then I moved into education. But when I moved into education, I developed an understanding. I'm like, oh, man, I can't keep getting knocked off because that's messing with my ability to feed myself. It's messing with my ability to have the things that I want in my life, you know, like food, shelter, clothing, (laughs) entertainment, you know. So I started having better relationships with the people above me. And then this is how it became different. Okay. Now, in the other two situations, when people would get mad or talk about me or try to, you know, slander my name, which happens to all of us, the people I had the bad relationships with, they didn't know. So they took whatever those people were saying is the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I, I would have been able to get my job done, but then Sadan did X, Y, and Z. So now they coming to you going, well, why didn't you get it done? Or why did you do this? Or why did you do that? But when I got to education, because I had great relationships, when people would talk about me, they would bring me in the office and be like, yeah, you know, so-and-so hating on you. No, they wouldn't take their word for it. (laughs) Not only would they not take their word, but because we had a good relationship, they would tell me who was not my friend. So if you was running your mouth to somebody and they, you know, then went back and told something on you because you got a better relationship with the leadership people and the people who write your check. They'll tell you who hate you. Well, and it is such a thing as a toxic work environment. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And so maybe you weren't supposed to be there and it Absolutely. shifted you into a different direction. Oh. Right. So some things that we can look at in a negative aspect turns around in our favor. But I always tell people it's a lesson in everything. You started to identify the lessons, right, which brought you on up. And so as people grow, as the listeners are listening, we have to always identify the lessons and everything that take place Mm -hmm. in our lives so that you can grow and prosper and get the opportunity that's there for you. Because if not, you're missing out and you're going to stay stuck in the same negative loop. Like Sanal said, you're going to keep this repeat a cycle going and wondering why me looking at everybody else around you spring up in the spring and you still falling off. Right. But people in general, they protect people that they have an affinity for people that they like 
you know, people that they can get to know. Yeah, I remember I worked with a guy one time, I won't name his name. You know, he was horrible at his job. <laughs> and every time they laid people off, he kept managing to keep his job. You know, but then when we were sitting in the meetings, they were like, well, you know, he's got those kids. You know, and you know, you know, he just got divorced. So they saw him as a human being. So even though he was horrible at his job, because the people above him had compassion towards him because he was such a nice guy. And he really is a nice guy even to this day. God bless him and his girls and his wife, you know. But because they saw him as a human being, you know, when the flood came, he was protected. You know, I mean, you go, you look at Joseph. You know, Joseph had a good relationship with the king. So when the famine came, he was able to go get his family. You know, sent them with soldiers and everything. Go get your people and bring them back. You know, so that is the upside to being able to connect with people. That is the upside to being able to be someone who can emotionally manage their emotions to the point where every negative thing that pops in their head ain't flying out. You know, now, the, the 20 minutes that we've been talking, we talked about how it's messing with your money. We talked about how it's messing with your friendships. We've shown you how it's messing with your relationships. You know, so if you're at home, like, be critical. Take self-inventory. Like, man, am I the reason that stuff ain't going well? You know, am I blocking my own blessings? You know, and it starts with, with being accountable. Because if you don't hold yourself accountable to it, you, you can't change it. You know, if you don't hold yourself accountable to it, you can't fix it. You can't, you don't even, you can't even pray about it. Hmm. You know, because what you going to say, Lord, all them people that, hmm. that keep firing me, change their heart. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, no, Lord, show me the error in my ways. You know, show me why I'm falling short. Show me what I'm going wrong so that I can correct it. You know, because if you don't, Again, how are you going to be in a relationship? You know, and here's the, the thing about that. You know, just from our conversation. Now, I come home as a, as a man or a woman. I come home and I've had a tough day. You know, I ain't at 100%. I'm at, at 75. But if I come home to somebody who's at 100, you know, they could pick my mood up a little bit, you know. If I come home to somebody who, you know, has the emotional ability to give me a hug, you know, has the emotional ability to give me some words of encouragement, to give me some kindness, you know, I'm going to want to come home to that. But if I come home to someone who only makes me feel worse and takes my 75 down to 50, now what do I do? You know, do I keep coming home? Do I learn how to operate at 50% or do I go out and then find somebody who can help take my 75 back to 80, 85, because they have the, the, the spirit and the desire to want to be kind and compassionate toward me. You know, they have a kind word for me, you know, they got, you know, a good spirit about them, you know? So when we start talking about even, you know, people cheating, you know, are they cheating or are they trying to find someone that they can emotionally connect with and doesn't make them feel like crap? It's still called cheating, but okay. 
No, no. But that, that is what they're looking for. They're right. looking for a safe space. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is you, when we talk about why they doing it though, because I, mm-hmm. it's easy. I got it. Oh, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's easy to say, you know, that a man or a woman just out here trying to screw. Like, no, sometimes, you know, we like we used to talk about the work husband. You know, sometimes you got the work husband because the work husband that people shouldn't have. But okay. Well, again, I'm gonna be good. <laughs> you fine. <laughs> we, 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 we know we know your opinion on work husbands and, and side yeah. people. You know, but and I'm but I'm gonna flip it and ask you. So, what do you do as the person who is? coming home to this toxic environment what do you do if you in a toxic marriage what do you do if your spouse you know you you know you know me right well my brothers call me princess poppy mm-hmm. right and you do your best for as long as you can that's what you do mm-hmm. right you try to come in and communicate you try different ways whether it's therapy or or sleeping in separate bedrooms You try to do whatever it is you can to keep your relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And even if that means try to show the person what it is you're looking for and show them the effects of it all. And if it don't work out, then you part ways. And it's okay. See, people have this tendency to feel like, well, you know, we in it to win it. And that's great. It would be nice to for real find somebody that you can live out the rest of your lives with. Right, but it does not happen all the time. Sometimes you can give a person 20 years of your life and you just grow apart. That's just what happened because God got something else for you. Mm-hmm. And somebody will say, well, God wants separated marriage. Yes, he would. Divorce was created so that you can go your separate ways for whatever these reasons are, right? And going to find a safe space in a relationship is considered cheating. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So then... Well, but so then, if I've tried everything mm-hmm. in every way possible in this household to keep it together and it's not working, then I have to go after what's positive for me, what's meeting up with where I'm going. And those com- conversations with the person that you're with, because the relationship is steady evolving and change is steady happening, if the person is not willing to, to grow into this butterfly with you, adios. Absolutely. But how many times do you do this, right? So do you keep getting in a relationship for two years, stop for three years, for seven years? Because somewhere in there, you got to check yourself out. Why is all these relationships failing? Exactly. Yeah. Being in a relationship 20 years shows longevity, it shows patience, it shows commitment, it shows a lot of things. But somewhere in there, it just, it you grew apart. Mm-hmm. Well, but the thing with growing apart is that at some point when I started making, you know, my bid for attention or my bid for affection or my bid for connection, that other person stopped turning toward me. And it could be that that other person was feeling some type of way and the exactly. two of you never sat down to figure it out. Exactly. But, you know, for my women at home, you know, if the man keep taking you for granted, you know, you want to spend time with him, he'll never have no time for you. You want to talk about stuff, he don't never want to talk. After a while, you feel some type of way. And, you know, I see country's point in, in regards to like, hey, it's better to, you know, file the papers than it is to, to cheat. But 
again, in the real world, you know, not everybody. Well, and relationships go through seasons, right? right? One minute you get both might be head over heels in love, the next season one of y'all might be in your feelings looking for safe spots, and the next season the other person might be doing the same thing, and then y'all come back together again. It's what you allow in your relationship. But here's you the know? thing: that if you are in that negative set, you know, and I'm not, you know, drilling either side of this, but if you're in a negative space, how? do you then see the best in your partner? You know, if you're in that negative space, are you then telling yourself these stories that are not true? You know, are you telling yourself he out cheating? Because that's what you believe based on how you feeling at this current moment. Or is that the truth? You know, is that negative story that you telling yourself that all men ain't no good or all men cheat or you can't trust these people? Is that making you act crazy? <laughs> is that making you go through people's phones? Is that making you follow people around? Is that making you, you know, let me smell you? <laughs> you know, because you could be basically living in this fantasy in your head of somebody doing something to you that's not really being done. You know, so again, that that whole story that you telling yourself could be false. You know, yeah, I saw her looking at you. Was she really looking at him or were you seeing what you wanted to see? You know, I mean, we see it a lot with men. We see men who have fragile self-esteem and create, you know, these rivalries with other men that they're, you know, envious of. And now they got animosity towards somebody who ain't thinking about them. You know, you looking at that man and because you don't feel good about your own health, you think, man, I know she like, I know she like old John, you know, old John, you know, he got all them old muscles and stuff. And because she said, John looked nice today one time. Now you'd have made up in your mind <laughs> that she's sleeping with John, you know, or you think that, you know, because he's nice to, to the lady at work, that he gonna leave you for the lady at work. So now you jealous of the lady and you calling his job and you trying to, you know, get the lady fired or you trying to, you know, threaten the lady and tell her to stay away from your husband because you think in your head that this woman about to take your husband. Mm. You know, so this negativity is the, the, the stories that we make up. You know, you don't love me no more. You know, why? I, I still do the things that I've been doing, but not feeling good about yourself could make you feel like the other person doesn't love you. You know, and if you don't get that under control, it could go in a whole bunch of different directions. I mean, I've seen innocent people get killed. You know, because somebody made it up in their head that this person was cheating with their wife. No, man, just standing out there talking about the grass. <laughs> but you walk out of the house and you see, yeah, you know, she like them like that. But really, you just envious because you're not willing to do the thing that you should have been doing to get the result that you wanted. You know, or you at work and you cussing people out because you think the white folks, you know, they all colluding against you and they only promoting white people. You know, but you're not looking at, you know, the fact that you come late. You're not looking at your work performance. You're not looking at the fact that, man, I really don't get along with none of these people in here. 
you know, like I can't tell you nothing about their kids. Well, they scared at you because of the energy you put off every day. So why would I want to promote somebody that I'm afraid of and don't know what they reaction going to be if something happens? Exactly. You know, but if you are, you know, but if you have relationships with these people, like, you know, their kids and, and you know a little bit about their life and where they went to school and, you know, maybe what their favorite food is, you know, now y'all can find some stuff in common, you know, like, oh, did you see, you know, you know, they got, um, you know, plants on sale this weekend or, you know, did you see so-and-so's coming to town or, you know, such and such has a new movie out, you know, and I'm not telling you to kiss, but I'm just saying, hey, man, get to know people and let people get to know you so that you can then build a bond and build a relationship, you know, but if you're in this, this bunker and it's me against the world because nobody likes me, then you will end up alone. You know, I mean, I want somebody in my life and I'm sure people listening do, you know, they cares about what's on my heart. They cares about what's on my mind. I mean, you know, country, you talk about it all the time. Like, where's the heart at? Where's the love at? You know, but if I turn towards you and your heart is cold, you know, you don't have no love for me. You don't have no compassion for me. You telling me to suck it up. You know, I tell you, I had a hard day and you immediately say, well, you think your day was hard? Well, you should have had my day. Mm-hmm. You know, you got no compassion for me, but you want me to have compassion for you. That's just typically in today's society, not something that you see. You know, you don't see a lot of people who are loving people unconditionally, no matter what they do. You know, nowadays you see people who want to have a connection. You know, they want and are willing to listen to somebody who's willing and wanting to listen to them. You know, what's the phrase? They don't, people don't care about what you know until they know that you care. Until they know that you care. You know, but if you are, you know, in this negative self loop, if you're in this woe is me state, if you're in this, you know, the world owes me something, this resentful place, everybody doing better than you, then now you are the angry person you know you are because all you talk about is what you're not getting and what they're not doing and what they should have did and you would have done it different and and that picture crooked right thinking here (laughs) Mm -hmm. not cleaning up right and then you want to know why that other person won't hug you when you need a hug And then you want to know why your kids are in these horrible relationships because they never knew what love really looked like. They never knew what a kind word really looked like. You know, but then that's just something that as a curse, we have to break. You know, we have to start, you know, being kind, you know, and nice and kind are not the same thing. You know, nice is doing something with, the desire to get something in return. You know, kindness is doing something with no expectation. Well, we're going to bring them the positive aspects of this next Wednesday. So they have to tune in to figure out how to alter their thoughts. Absolutely. So just to, to kind of finish it off this week, we don't necessarily want to give you any homework other than just to, to be aware. 
you know, start to listen, you know, and say, man, how many kind things versus mean things have I said today? You know, keep a little tally sheet. You know, what did I say to my kids? You know, this morning, did I say good morning? Did I say I love you? What did I say to my spouse? Did I say have a good day? You know, when they came home, you know, what did I say? Did I say, oh, his ass come again? <laughs> or did you say, hey, honey, I'm happy to see you? You know, God drew us through love and kindness. So if love and kindness draws people and you're not loving and kind, then what are you? And what's the result of what you are? So with that said, uh, country, you got any takeaways? Yeah. So it's always a pleasure jumping on speaking with you. Um, I think we converse very well together. I have a good time. And so, well, whatever. That's, that's how you find a negative look. That's that's me being negative. Whatever. Why you have to say it like that? I what said you I mean? have a good, yeah, I I said good, I have a good it time. It was the way you said it. No. <laughs> I just wanted to show how fast right. positive things turn negative, right? And so the takeaways on today is to be aware. Track what's coming out of your mouth. Track your attitude. Track how you're presenting. What What is your body language, right? Figure out what's draining you and unplug from it. Plug in some positive stuff. Stop working against you. And your mind space and head space is everything. The work starts from the inside out. If you're negative all the time, this tend to mess with your money, your friendship, and It'll trickle into your household because if you keep losing jobs, it's messing with your money, right? right. If you keep um, with this attitude, it's messing with your friendships. How many times do you call somebody and the phone just ring or it goes straight to voicemail? That's because they tired of talking to you. That's the indication that you're doing something that's off. And so ask yourself questions, but then don't let it get so bogged up in your head relationship-wise or work-wise that you're ready to go shoot up the Walmart or you're ready to kill your spouse and kill yourself because you're concocting these things in your head. And on that note, if you're hanging out with me, I'll hang in there hang with, with you. you. Peace. We out.